So again, establishing your posture, we begin the practice. Can you hear me back there? Okay. So close your eyes gently, if that's easy for you, or keep them slightly open as you need to. Before we begin, I want to remind ourselves the aim of doing this practice, why we are doing it. And it might give you more incentive to really put your energy into it. In all of these practices, we're developing attention, mindfulness, learning how to turn our minds and hearts in this practice of equanimity to particular situation or a person, just as we do in metta, which is also a mindfulness practice. We learn to open our attention to that. Learning to open attention to whatever is we're facing, it is we're facing, is a very important aspect of our practice. Also, we're learning to develop the willingness to open at the same time and to see whatever resistance is in the mind, in the heart. Oftentimes, resistance is the hardest thing to see. We're learning how to see things clearly, just as they are, hopefully with great balance, minimizing, weakening, or even the ability to see without any defilements present because of the strong presence of equanimity. And if there are defilements present, that is what we bring our attention to. So this is also an awareness practice, a mindfulness practice, enabling us to open, to see more clearly, to rest the mind, developing wisdom. So we turn our attention to the bodies, our bodies, resting the attention there. Relaxing the body and relaxing the mind. Knowing that our aim is simply to open to whatever is present, inclining the mind towards balance towards equanimity. Whatever you open to, remember that it's okay. It's okay to notice whatever arises in the field of this awareness with equanimity supporting it. So we begin with the neutral person again. Calling to mind and heart that person maybe that we have practiced with before or a newer one. It's having a sense of who it is. And with this person, we reflect on the universal fact that uh, all beings experience praise and blame, gain and loss. All beings experience the ups and downs of life. So it is with this person as well.
And we can use that phrase. All beings have their own journey through the ups and downs of life. All beings have their own past karma to face and their future karma that they are creating. This is how it is. turning our attention to our own hearts, developing the attention, strengthening the attention in knowing what's going on in our own hearts in relationship to this person we don't know so well. Mostly there might be an element of neutrality It could be a feeling of distance or apathy. Or maybe there's elements of compassion. Resistance. Just knowing. This is the way it is in my own heart right now. It's okay to know this. And even without the words, just resting with whatever is being known, with an attitude of equanimity, inclining the mind there, And then turning to a dear friend, a loved one or a family member. Possibly someone with whom you know you need to develop some measure of equanimity, non-reactivity. It may not be big, maybe It's just something about how you judge this person or criticize in your own mind this person frequently or sometimes. Have a sense of who it is. Remembering that person or a situation connected with that person. And then using a phrase that helps to incline your mind towards equanimity with regards to this person. Remembering what the Buddha said, what a person reflects upon over and over again, to that his or her mind inclines. So we're practicing right thought here. 
May I accept how it is for you at this time. All beings have their own journey. May my heart be at ease with how it is with you in your journey. Find your own way Use your own language, your own words. All beings have their own karma to work out. Now developing the habit to turn your attention to your own heart. See what's happening in your own heart-mind with regards to this person. Seeing if you can approach what goes on there with gentleness and the willingness to really see clearly. May I open to what's happening in my own heart with clarity and honesty. You can name what's going on if you can. This is how it is right now. May I accept how it is in my heart.
If it's helpful, incline your mind towards being spacious. Big enough to contain whatever is there so that you sense a lot of space around it. May my heart incline towards equanimity with whatever's happening. Now moving on to another friend, or you can choose a benefactor. You're staying with the same person if you choose to. And again, being clear about who it is. Now it's okay to remember the story about this person. The ups and downs of this person's life, their situation. And then using the words that help to open your heart and mind in some kind of balance in relationship to that person. All beings are owners of their actions, heirs to their actions. This is part of your journey. May my heart be at ease about your journey. And now turning to your own heart again. Seeing truthfully what's going on there about this person. (coughs) Is there resistance to knowing what's going on in your own heart? 
or to this person. Is there confusion? Just knowing that. This is how it is in my own heart right now. Letting it be okay, whatever you open to. into how it is with balance and ease Use the words that incline your mind towards balance, spaciousness. Caring. May I be okay with the ups and downs of my own heart. If you're noticing compassion or metta or equanimity or neutrality, be sure to acknowledge that. This is how it is. Now we move on to a benefactor. It could be an elder, a colleague, someone who has benefited you. An animal friend. having a sense of who it is you're choosing. And then connecting with that person by remembering 
something about that person's life or situation, the worldly conditions, gain and loss, birth and death, praise and blame. Let your attention open very wide around that person, giving space for their life, how it is for them. May my heart be okay with how it is for you in your life. Find your own way with words or without words. making space around that person, spacious attention, relaxing the heart, breathing gently, And then noticing what's going on more precisely in your own heart and mind. Is there a sense of okayness? Just noticing that. Noticing any attachment or aversion to how you would like it to be, aversion to how it is. Resistance to seeing what is there. I see clearly what is happening in my own heart with balance and ease.
opening your heart, letting it be known. Whatever is there wants to be known. Now moving on to someone you're having difficulty with. Carefully choosing the right person. Somebody you're not overwhelmed about. having a sense of who it is, and then reflecting about this person. Being careful that you're not putting too much wood in the fire. spacious attention, gentle, clear attention. May I open to how it is for you right now. Without aversion or attachment. May I just open to how it is for you. Relaxing the breath and the heart. With compassion I see that all beings have their own karma. This is how it is for you right now. Use the words or ways that help you. If you were actually in front of this person, what would help you stay balanced and calm? clear and gentle. 
turn to your own heart when you need to, if that's more predominant. Bring your equanimity practice right there. May my heart be at ease with all the conditions of my life. spacious attention around your own heart. Whatever is there, let it be in a big space. No boundaries. Like the sky, nothing sticks to space. Just arises and passes away like clouds. This is how it is in my own heart right now. In the spacious sky of my heart, may I see the arising and passing away of all phenomena. Now continuing on with oneself. And with ourselves we reflect upon something that's going on in our lives, a situation perhaps with our partners, our family. Maybe it's a situation at work or with our health, or someone else's health, aging, or dying process. Just taking a look at the bigger situation. Letting our hearts and minds face it completely. This is how it is in my life right now. Opening to it with gentleness, compassion. Balance.
If your own heart is pulling for attention, turn your attention more precisely there. Feeling any sadness or hurt, any resentment, okayness, compassion or equanimity, just notice without further judging or wanting it to be different. Just notice how it is. This is how it is right now. open to the outer circumstances of my life with balance, with more ease and more courage. What are the words that help you stay present and open and balanced with your situation? Maybe it's just a vision of spacious sky letting it be. Not reacting. And towards your own heart, whatever's going on, What helps you to settle your own heart so you're not adding any more confusion, any more layers of pain through your own judging or wanting or resisting? into all this with more balance and ease. Just noticing the fluctuations and changing nature of whatever emotions or mental states are there, whatever confusion or okayness is there. In the open sky of your heart, Whatever arises there, changes and passes away like clouds in the sky. This is how it is. Finding that place of settledness for yourself within your own heart, mind, body.
breathing in and out gently from there. And offering oneself some loving kindness from that place of equanimity or a little more balance. May I be safe and protected from all harm, especially from the inner harm of greed and hatred and delusion. May I be protected with awareness, equanimity, compassion. May I be peaceful and happy and know the true causes of peace and happiness. May this body be as healthy and strong as possible. supporting me on this path and helping others along the way. And may I be at ease with all the inner and outer conditions of my life. And just as I offer this goodwill to myself, I offer it to all beings in my family, all beings here at this retreat center, and all beings everywhere. May all beings be happy. Offering that out in all directions without exception. May all beings be peaceful. May all beings be liberated. So today is the last day that we're going to be doing the equanimity practice. So if you have any questions, um, let me know now or forever hold your peace. Because <laughs> we don't have time to answer all the questions. <laughs> yes. Um, so I'm new to meditation. And I have been having a difficult time with uh, not wanting to contact loved ones, you know, not knowing how they are right now in this retreat. And, and having that anxiety around that. Uh-huh. And then you mentioned that in Metta, if you send out Metta and it falls off a cliff, then they may have passed away. So then I thought, great, that's an email, you know, a cosmic email. I can send out Metta. Oh. But if it comes back, then they're fine. And that worked great until this morning when I sent it out and I couldn't. And then I thought, oh, God, they're all dead. Oh. So, so then, then it, I couldn't do meta and I can't do equanimity because every time I send it out, it's, it's got this feeling of sending it out because I want to know if everyone, you know, if I'm going to, you know. Uh-huh. Yes, so because it, you have... Um, collapse the whole, the whole thing for me. So I was just, anyway, that's... 
is it really true that if you send it out, uh-huh. <laughs> well, and you feel constricted, then there, you know, I if if you send it out and you feel constricted, then something's going right, on, then right? There to receive it or right, something. right. But I noticed something that you said. You said I'm sending it out so that I can get an answer. Right. So you've got an agenda. There's attachment to result. So that's what you're experiencing. That's what stops it. That's the near enemy um, of metta, that attachment. So that's why it's important that we learn to recognize what's going on and why we're doing all these practices so that we really recognize what defilement is there. Yeah, so attachment, that's what's going. That's what's stopping right now. Hey, if something were happening to your family, there would be a phone call and you would get it. So you're, it's, it's okay. Yeah. So watch out for that because if you've got some... It, remember that this is a, a, an unconditional offering. Metta is an unconditional offering. We offer it out not wanting anything back from it. We don't want to get acknowledged by it. We don't need to know that it's changing anybody. It's just unconditional love. That's the deepest meaning of, of metta. Yeah. And when the near enemy comes, it, uh, attachment, it can seem like metta because we love them so much, you know. We, we want them so much to be well. But we realize in all these practices, especially with uh, equanimity, that we don't have any control, really. Um, the, the karmic um, stream, the karmic river that everybody's experiencing in their own life is so strong that what happens in the flow of their life is a very strong river of cause and effect. What we do in our life in relationship to them has some influence and in some ways some very great influence. But in the end, we don't have ultimate control. And a lot of what we're learning in our practice here is that we don't. We, and we're learning to become comfortable with that. And that's what gives us the greatest ease when we learn to live in alignment with how things are just flowing and going in their own way. We have a lot of influence, but not ultimate control over it. The proximate cause for equanimity to arise is to understand karma, the understanding of karma. That's why that very first phrase is, all beings are owners of their actions, heir to their actions. Yeah. So that was a little more expanded than just to your um, comment. I'm sure they're okay. We would have known. Yeah. Yes. Can the same person be both a loved one and a difficult one? Often, very often it is. <laughs> so that's the next part of the question. Uh-huh. I have a 41-year-old retarded son who uh-huh. I am the caregiver for. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. Alone. Yeah. Um, I have a hard time believing. I, I believe that he is heir to his... Uh huh. Mm-hmm. But I can't say that he is responsible for all that he does in his life mm-hmm. because mm-hmm. He's, not. Mm-hmm. he's not. He doesn't have the capability. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. And that's what throws my equanimity off. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Because it assumes mm-hmm. that you're dealing with two relatively equal. Not, I don't mean equal, but mm-hmm. individuals of, of capacity. You mean yourself and him? And the, uh, yes. Uh-huh, yes, right. And so, for as long as I live, mm-hmm. I am responsible. I am responsible for him. Mm-hmm. For taking care of yes. him, yes. Mm-hmm. So I don't know how to hold that up when Yeah, mm-hmm. that was quite complex for me to repeat. Do you, did you pretty much get it back there? Okay. I'm sorry, I didn't mean to go on. 
Well, that that was a good explanation, though, and that's it. It's really, it would really be, um, I think, challenging for me to answer that question as clearly and fully as I can in a short amount of time. It's true, you are responsible for him, for taking care of him. And he's, uh, in some ways, he's also, in a lot of ways, he's also responsible for himself because even being mentally challenged, he still has a lot of wherewithal in his own mind, in his own body, I'm, I'm presuming. Is, is that so? To some extent, okay. So I want to go back to the definition of karma, the kind of um, the deepest definition of karma. Uh, sometimes it's said that karma is action, but one time it was said when the when it was asked of the Buddha and he answered, he said, "Karma, O monks, is intention. Karma is intention." And when you, when you look at your son and you know your son deep in his heart, your son has a lot of different intentions and probably most of them are wholesome intentions, to be kind. That's what it's ultimately referring back to. That intention is what is kind of um, going through his karmic stream. And at the time of his death, the major intentions are what's pushing his life stream in this life, uh, wholesome and unwholesome. Whatever is more weighty will be transferred to the next life. We don't use the word reincarnated here. We use the word retake, would, would take rebirth. And so that's what you're looking at. All beings are heirs to their karma. You know, I know a lot of, um, I know a lot of beings on Maui who are, who are like this. And mostly they are the kindest, most gentle people in the world, very, very special to me. It's it's really a great honor to be around them, and so I see a lot of their deep intentions are coming from kindness, a lot, and from a lot of goodness. So I think mostly, I mean, we don't know for sure, but mostly we can rest assured that they're going in a direction, a path like that. Uh huh. How do I achieve equanimity? Mm-hmm. It's understanding that karma. Yeah. Yeah. The proximate cause for equanimity to arise is to understand karma. And trusting then. Mm-hmm. Trusting. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. That that flow will be okay. Trusting that flow, yeah. And sometimes you know it's a it's a actual it's an intellectual understanding. But it, it kind of drops down to your heart sometimes when you see experience and you have your own experiences and you see the experience out there. You see that goodness begets goodness. Mm. Yeah. Okay. Yes? Yeah. <laughs> um, and then I found when when it came to what was really in my heart that I just felt sorry for the person. Mm-hmm. And I felt just like this person was a hack and a what? A hack, kind of like a trying to be something that they're not trying to be more than. Uh huh. Mm-hmm. Uh huh. Mm hmm. No, I don't think so. No, it just uh, if it brought up some 
equanimity in you, even an equanimous solution, that's great. Yeah. And Yeah. Mhm. Mhm. That's wonderful and I noticed you you felt you said sadness about what was going on and, and probably some element of compassion there for that person. Uh yeah. And I was trying to bring out compassion more in this um session that we're having here because compassion helps us to to also to open to equanimity and equanimity helps us to open to compassion more too so we feel that more uh, about persons and i i want to respond to your comment that you made the other day and also now about how you generally don't see that there's too much going on in your heart um too much anger or resentment or reactivity and that's that's fine. That's great that you have that at this time. And but you never know when the fire will burn. You know of of just having more. Um, you never know when we just open a door and find ourselves in a position of a lot of uh, ill will or hatred. I mean, I've been practicing for a long time, and sometimes I am so surprised at what you know what places are opened up. And what I get to see that I'm, I feel privileged to see because I wasn't seeing it before. Or the conditions didn't come together, really, for, for me to see that reactivity that had a potentiality in my heart to arise. And then there are a lot of small things, you know, ways that I, I might be critical of myself or others. And um, it's really important for me to face those places too and to know even the small places, even the places that are just a ripple in my heart about things. Yeah. Back there. Uh-huh. And then and then there was another my difficult person, I felt this real tangle of emotion mm-hmm. and felt I didn't wanna open wide because I wanted to sort of stay there to understand better what was there. And I'm just wondering with with both resistance and in that other type of situation, when does it make sense to just say, Okay, this is how it is and open to it and when does it make sense to kind of move off of that equanimity practice into Mm-hmm. Uh, so when does it make sense to move towards more metta or investigation? Um, if you feel like naturally inclined to move to metta, go ahead and do that. I mean, because uh, that's what your heart is inclining to, and that's a wholesome force right there that's already available to you. So I would ride on that wholesome force. And if you're doing metta, you can add a little bit of equanimity to it. Two, may you be happy and things are just as they are. You know, just making sure that there's no attachment to result to that because maybe you're offering them to be happy and peaceful but somewhere niggling inside of you knows that they aren't, they haven't been, they never will be, you know, those kinds of things. That So adding a little bit of equanimity um, to the phrases just can really, really help. And to understand that this is uh, an invest. This equanimity also is in- is investigation, because we're looking at what's going on in our own hearts. But are you talking about the investigation that's just more vipassana, pure awareness? Yeah. You know, if you feel that that's most accessible to you, and that's where the energy is to go, then that's fine. Yes, go ahead and go there. And then, you know, if we're doing the practice and you're sitting in a session that's doing it, then you come back and continue on. Yeah. One last one. I, I was looking at you before. Uh-huh. So I was looking at my difficult person who has great capacity to be very unkind. And 
found it hard to sort of connect with that. Uh -huh. I seem to only sort of see her in this sort of bubble of white light. And then it was all like a fog. And I just, I just couldn't connect. And I, and I know that sometimes because of her capacity to be unkind, yes. I, I do disconnect. And I'm wondering if that's what it was. Okay. And then I could do some sort of more meta or Mm -hmm. So uh, bringing a person up that there was a lot of difficulty con to connect with that person because of um, the perception of there's a lot of capacity for that person to be unkind. Yeah, so what to do? Yes, try the metta at just moments. Like this other uh, young lady was saying, just you can try the metta and see whether that helps to connect. Just a little metta. Because remember that equanimity also includes metta. There's metta there. And you can bring out the aspect of metta there. Um, also, if it gets too hard, just choose somebody else. Go back to maybe somebody that just annoys you rather than... Too hard. It was just like this fog. The fog. Couldn't connect. Do then go to ways that help you connect. And then if it's difficult to connect with anyone in, in any one of the Brahma-vihara practices, it's helpful to choose somebody that you can connect with because the, the ability to connect gives you the ability to, to offer metta. It helps you. Yeah. Okay, well, thank you for your practice. Really appreciate your attention and your willingness to stay at it. I know it's not easy. Thank you for listening. To learn how you can support the teachers and Dharma Seed, please visit dharmaseed.org slash donate.